You don't have any Stephen King. You've got the shiny. You mean shiny. Shh. You wanna get sued? It's just your fate. You're that geeky Stephen King kid. There's one of you in every school. Okay, that's him, that's him, that's Cujo, that's Cujo. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something, something. Oh, crazy. Don't mind if I do. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King, hosted by two lifelong constant readers. We do non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of King's published work and take a critical look at his film and television adaptations as well. We also discuss the latest King news and check in with each other on our ongoing King obsessions. It's the podcast where all things serve the King. Uh, You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. And, uh, you can also like us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash Tower Junkies Pod and follow us on Twitter and every other level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. And if you want to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer for a ridiculous amount of bonus content <laughs> spread across all of uh, obsessiveviewer.com's various podcasts. I'm currently working on a Green Mile book review that I'm going to have up soon, hopefully, because I have one more part to finish <laughs> and uh, I will get that done. And then on the $5 level, we have commentary tracks. We're going to be doing in honor of Scream, the new Scream movie coming out this week. We are doing commentary tracks for all four Scream movies with me and my friend, uh, friend Mike from Obsessive Viewer. So that is all in the pipeline for Patreon. Again, that's at patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer. I am one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, and uh, Tiny's not here today, but in his stead, we have a special guest. Uh, return guest, returning champion, Kim C. from the Year of Underrated Stephen King podcast. Uh, Kim, welcome back to Tower Junkies. Oh, hello. Hello, Matt. I'm so happy to be back on Tower Junkies. Yes, I am thrilled to have you back. And we have a very special show today because we're doing something that we... (laughs) that we at Tower Junkies rarely do. We are talking about the Dark Tower series. <laughs> so this so is... So meta. Yeah. So meta. Oh, yeah. This is going to be fun. Um, so <laughs> you, like, you've been just kicking ass with your show. Like, I am just a huge fan of of the year of underrated Stephen King, as I've heaped praise upon it on episodes of the podcast where you are included in the in the episode, and also in ones where you're not. <laughs> um, I'm just a big fan of your show, <laughs> and uh, I'm delighted to have you back here. How have you been since the last time uh, our listeners uh, heard from you in episode 69? <gasps> Bless you, precious creature. Thank you so much for all your kindness. I have been well. I kept busy. I uh, did a full dark, or no, pardon me. I did a full, um, this is what happens when it's the first week back after (laughs) the holiday. Um, I did six-part coverage of the Green Mile. Yes. I'm so happy that you have done the same because what Mm. a rewarding journey. And I can't wait to talk with you about it. Oh, yeah. Um, It's been a wonderful rest of 
uh, it was a wonderful rest of the year. And I uh, ended 2021 with finishing The Wastelands. Yes. And uh, that blew my doors open. Let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Yeah, your you did two uh two part episode on the wastelands, and we'll we'll go book by book for for this episode because I'm just gonna kind of pick your brain and geek out about the Dark Tower in all of its glory, at least in those first three books. Since I'm not gonna be spoiling anything going forward, I promise. But you did you did something very um something I really appreciate as a listener is that you split the wastelands into two books, which. I feel like you kind of, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like you did that kind of on a whim or something that was just kind of just not expected. And I have for years said that an adaptation of The Dark Tower would need The Wastelands to be split into two seasons of television. And so, like, I was just delighted when you split it into two episodes of your podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. I was making my way through, through the story for the Mm -hmm. very first time. And I, by the time I finished the first book, there are two books um, Mm -hmm. entitled Jake and Ludd. And I was like, oh my God, like there has, so much has happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like how could I even conceive to talk about everything in my brain in these first 300 pages in one episode? And I was like, no, that would be a five hour podcast episode. No one would listen to it. No way. I got (laughs) to split this. So it was just a kind of decision to, to like stop the car and let my, just, I needed to let myself digest. Yeah. And uh, decompress and say, what's going on, everyone? <laughs> um, this train is going faster down mm-hmm. the tracks, and I'm concerned. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, it, I, I think it went well. Mm-hmm. The, the second episode is fun because that was post-Christmas. Uh, and yeah. I think I was a slightly hungover when I re- recorded <laughs> it, just slightly. I'll be it. I'm not the spring chicken I once was, mm-hmm. so I'm still a lady. Mm-hmm. However, uh, all that all that wine and candy uh, mm-hmm. takes a minute to 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 leave the system. So, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, in retrospect, I was like. Uh, maybe you should have waited a day, but I was like, nope, nope, it, it's all right. Uh, we'll just we'll just move forward. Well, you were a consummate professional in your coverage because it was a delightful episode, and like there were moments where I was, uh, I was just like, oh, okay, you, like you're very much on a very interesting track in your thinking, <laughs> and like I can't wait for you to like. I think I said this last time. I can't wait for you to get to the next book. Um, <laughs> Because I just want everyone to read this series. And there are things that there are things in Wizard and Glass that I am very interested to hear your reaction to. So very excited for that. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Me too. And like word on the street, Hmm. uh, Tower fans have kind of given me little breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. that there's some romance in this. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm getting hella excited for that. Yep. Yep. It is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's delightful. It is. It is. It. It's. It's wonderful. Like. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't say anything. But it's. Okay. Okay. It's really. It's I'm really great. So, oh my gosh. So <laughs> happy to hear that. Um, 
thrilled beyond belief oh, yeah. uh, because I am a sucker for it. I just mm-hmm. am. Well, I'll, I'll preface. I'm mm-hmm. a sucker for well-written romance, uh, yeah. right? It's got to work. Mm-hmm. It's got to work. I got to have the buy-in, you know? You can't yep. just make me like it. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, but um, – I, I think because I, I am now at the end of book three, like mm-hmm. I am in this quartet. Yeah. Like I love everyone so much. Mm-hmm. I want to be their best friend. I want to be walking right behind Oi and Jake. Yep. I want to be there with them. Like I'm in it. And so now I love everyone. I treasure them all so much. Mm-hmm. And so now there's like more depth and romance and deep character things and i i'm very yep. i'm very excited i don't know who like i don't know who it's gonna be with or for mm-hmm. i'm hoping it's roland i really am because mm-hmm. he is such a man of mystery yeah i so I need, stoic I need in this yeah oh yeah. yes um i won't say anything but yeah okay. i just can't wait but that's one of the things that i love about the dark tower series itself and one of the things that i that I really appreciate about it that I think a lot of people that are newcomers to it, maybe it, it, it's a, it creates a, a, a rough barrier for entry is that, I mean, like it's three books in and at the end of the third book or about the midway point of the third book, that's when like you have like your cast of characters together, <laughs> like finally. And it's like, this is the main group that is going to carry through throughout the rest of the series and it's just something that is just amazing to me that we it took three books in a seven book series, eight if you count uh, went through the keyhole, um, to get to to get to that. And I just love that level of slowly building up the characters and slowly building up the dynamics. And it really kind of just creates this this energy to it that it is a very long treacherous journey that they're taking to get to the tower. And it's just, I I don't know. I just, I, I love that about the, this first batch of books of the dark tower. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Really well said. I feel very similar because there was something kind of magical and I kind of highlighted it in my first part of the wastelands where I was like, the sandwich is here. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I love the fact like we've got the gunslinger on the left and we've got drawing of the three on the right. And then mm-hmm. this wonderful fusion happens finally where everybody is together yes. and it's taken so much time and bloodshed and chaos mm-hmm. and going through time and space and whatever it yep. is that mid world's end worlds all the worlds i'm i'm very confused um (laughs) uh, what this place is this extended universe is Mm -hmm. and and then it you and then you have all the previous stories in mind when this fusion happens and i all of a sudden i was just so touched i was like this is so powerful this is an adventure story this is a this is a fellowship and that was so meaningful Absolutely. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear you say that because there are a, there are a lot of people who, and not that I would ever have thought that you would be one of these people, but like people who <laughs> um, <laughs> don't have the patience for it. And I can kind of understand that because the gunslinger is very, is very, very concentrated on prose and kind of 
kind of... It's a little of, odd ducky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what I love about it is, like, that is an amazing Russian nesting doll of storytelling. And I think I've said this to you either on your show or on mine or on Obsessive Viewer or on Twitter or anywhere. Um, but <laughs> the biggest thing that I love, I, I think that as I have, as I have... As I have had love for the Dark Tower in my heart for, for about a decade now, um, I have I have like it has it has grown in my like psyche and my my just my appreciation for it has grown because of the emphasis on storytelling and the different like this is this is King's magnum opus not because he has a really cool cowboy character in a sci-fi western world that jumps through the multiverse and everything it's his magnum opus because it is like this platform to just be this incredible like far-reaching like ode to storytelling in a weird way because the gunslinger has this rushing nesting doll effect where there's flashbacks upon flashbacks and then it's just this really interesting poetic kind of beautifully written like just episode of a man's journey and then uh the drawing of the three is like you've said in your podcast is this like 80s action movie oh my god between yes. worlds it's so cool <laughs> And then the Wastelands is like this perfect meld of them. And it's just, it's so, it's so interesting the way that, like, the way that the, the, the series just emphasizes storytelling is just so just beautiful to me because that's, that's King's legacy in a way. Like when, you know, when we don't like to talk about this, but when he's gone, like we will have all of his stories forever. And like, what better way to showcase that by having this massive 4,200 page odyssey or like, like epic odyssey of a journey to the tower. <laughs> um, I just, I love it so much. Me too. Oh my gosh. Me yeah. too. And I really, um, I think this third book, I could definitely feel my heart kind of mm -hmm. falling deeper in, in love with it because nice. um, Gunslinger is just such an odd little birdie. Mm -hmm. I, I, every, every, uh, each one of the five stories in there, it's like, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, this is interesting, odd, confused. Okay. We're going to keep going. And then you get to mm -hmm. the fifth one and blows my doors in. Like I was like, okay, now, yep. now it's getting sexy. All right. Oh, yeah. Now I'm paying attention. Um, then, uh, drawing of the three is just like, oh man, um, I feel like, um, I always forget her name, but Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, where she oh, gets that yeah. just jab in the chest. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's how drawing of the, the three feels like, <laughs> what in the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, in, in a good way, in oh, a yeah. good way, like oh, yeah. a, an over the top mm -hmm. explosive adventure with, the craziest characters who are like all <laughs> cracked out yep super on drugs or like quite literally multiple people yeah fighting each other in one woman's body uh, like mm. wild wild and um yep and then we kind of like then we get to this lovely 
third book of the wastelands and it's like they turned down the gas a little bit we yep. still got a simmer but then we we get to add stuff to the soup and yep. uh we get to spice it up and and you really start to feel very nourished in this third book like oh my gosh wow oh, oh yeah. okay like i care for these people i care for you guys absolutely absolutely and like the way that we're I, I guess we're we're we'll try to do like non-spoiler and then we can do like a spoiler section where we can kind of freely talk about spoilers in the first three books i guess um perfect so i think that there is this just intangible quality to it that it's like you're going through you like like you said like you kind of really fall in love with the Katet in this third book. And that is just incredible to me because like I said, it's, it's almost like the first two are preamble and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, a lot of people that I've met who have tried to read the dark tower, they kind of struggle with the first book. And I'm just like, well, I don't, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm like, I don't really like to say this, but you, if you read the first book and and you're on the fence about it, just give the drawing of the three, a read and if you're still not into it then that's when you can nope out of it because that's where things kind of click together a little bit better um not to disparage the gunslinger at all but it is where it opens up a bit and um and yeah like you you've referenced on your podcast about the kind of the old adage of killing your darlings and everything and the drawing of the three i mean (laughs) he puts everyone just through the ringer in that oh my gosh yes it's amazing oh my gosh like what what else can happen to these (laughs) people they are they are dying that they are dying on the beach yep and then there are monsters waiting to eat them (laughs) yep and then Uh. like they're they're cut they're they're withdrawal mm-hmm. they've got limbs eaten off yep the exposure i was like oh my god these people are are dead they're, it is they're gonna so die. brutal and it's so cruel from the storyteller level that he like puts puts roland into just like i said through the ringer and then the people that are there to assist him <laughs> are um a a a heroin heroin user who's going through withdrawals and uh, a woman with split personality who is more liable, more likely to kill both of them (laughs) than be of any assistance. And it's just, it is just exquisite the way that he brings, brings us to the point where we love all of these characters and we feel the bond that they have. Um, in the third book when it comes in when it, they form as the quartet it's just uh it's just so so beautifully done i i love it so much i yeah and right as you were talking about uh the character our drawing of the three our three doors like the yeah. the the main especially susanna well at that point odetta um odetta and eddie mm-hmm. i if 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 i were to 
It's interesting because I remember that exact sort of area and drawing of the three when I'm mm-hmm. reading this book and I'm with these people and, and Detta's like nuts and she just won't <laughs> shut up and she's insane. And she's like making me nervous laugh because of mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff she's saying. And then um, if I were to jump to that exact place in book three, it's mm-hmm. like a 180 difference of emotion. Absolutely. Like, in drawing of the three – it's like I wanted to leave the party, you know, like when mm-hmm. it gets awkward or someone at the party gets too drunk and starts to cry and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. gotta go. <laughs> right. um, that's how drawing of the three felt a little bit. You're like, oh, this, this, uh, this data lady is <laughs> nuts. Let's, let's sidestep it on out of here. But I couldn't yep. leave because I was invested already. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then it's a 180 difference in book three by, and then by the time we get to where everybody's t- I'm like, I love every single one of these people yep. and I would die for them. I would kill for them. <laughs> I love them. Um, and it's just like a 180 difference in, in a matter of a few hundred pages, which is yep. quite compelling and mind blowing to think about it. Uh, oh, absolutely. I was truly like perplexed. Yep. It's all the magic of Stephen King. It's just, it's, it's just so great. It's so great. Um, to, to kind of pull back a little bit, um, so so you when did you read The Gunslinger? It was did you start it in twenty twenty one? I did. That okay. was actually this time last year. So The Gunslinger That's was my right. first King title of twenty twenty one. Um, I nice. think I took most of January off. I lost a family member. It sucked. Uh, so it was like, uh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was just one of those tragic, like, gut punchy ones. Mm. Um, terrible. I, and right. and what's so terrible is there's, like, so much loss all over the place. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I took, I took January off. And then right around the end of January, um, reading The Gunslinger, that was such a wonderful thing to focus mm-hmm. on, like, from my grief to kind mm-hmm. of just pour myself into dissecting this strange yet incredibly intriguing little story Mm -hmm. and and then when i got to the end i was like blown away and totally sold on it um so january and then i think uh springtime maybe summer uh drawing of the three and then um and then at the, I've concluded the year with the wasteland. So those nice. were my different seasons. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. We. I'm shameless. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's funny. We actually I knew you'd get it too. Oh, I was oh, like, absolutely. oh, he's gonna love it. Oh, he's yeah. gonna love this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny. We uh, we did we did different seasons last year, and then we fell behind, and we haven't done the breathing method yet. <laughs> so oh oh yeah, oh golly, <laughs> that's that's next on oh, the docket. Um, which, by the way, I meant to mention. I'm this. looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I meant to mention this in the shameless self promotion part of the beginning of this episode, and we're kind of all over the place. <laughs> so I will say this. Uh, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer forgot to mention the big thing that i'm doing this year is stephen king short story collections and uh two dollar patrons gets uh every sunday they're getting a piece of my coverage of night shift and that's going to run every sunday this month but if the 10 but the ten dollar level patrons have full access to all six hours of night shift <laughs> coverage right now so uh so yeah patreon.com slash obsessive viewer 
Anyway. That's so awesome. I'm so excited (laughs) you're doing that. I'm so thrilled. I am so terrified that I'm going to fall behind, but (laughs) it's, it's exciting. It's, it's an exciting little challenge and everything. Um, You take your time, Matt. People wait for good food. They, They really do. I think so too. And uh, hopefully they, yeah, I, I won't microwave anything. I'll, if, <laughs> if I can follow that, <laughs> that analogy. Um, right. Gotta be fresh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then while we're in this weird uh, self-promotion uh, <laughs> corner, tell us about the Year of Underrated Stephen King podcast uh, as if people don't already know, because they should know. But just to refresh, what is the Year of Underrated Stephen King well, dear sir, the Year of Underrated Stephen King is a podcast endeavor from a university fiction teacher. That is me. I teach um, beginning, intermediate, and advanced fiction. And when I'm not uh, grading up a storm and spending time with all of my student submissions, I read Stephen King to uh, indulge with one of the greatest fiction authors of all time. I feel um, that I was transformed at the uh, a very ancient age of 26. That, that was when I first <laughs> fell in love with King. That was my first King experience. And I, I fell deeply in love. And his work moves me. It, it inspires me. And I wanted to do a podcast where I could talk about King the way we do in school, like the way we analyze literature in school, Mm -hmm. the way we close read in workshops. And I was like, I want to do that with King stuff because I would read a King book um, before I started the podcast. I would read it and just have a little party in my mind with myself. (laughs) And maybe I would go on Goodreads and like Mm -hmm. see if anybody thought the same. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. And there are some amazing Stephen King podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. And they were very nourishing. And it mm-hmm. was. I'm so glad we have them. I'm so glad that they're out there because they're incredibly helpful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them at that time were entertaining me for sure, but they weren't really nourishing my brain right. the way I wanted. And so I was like, no, I really want to talk. I want to break these books down. I mm-hmm. want to get the microscope on these books yeah. a little more like we do in school. And so I, everybody was talking about the horror ones, and mm-hmm. they're great, of course. And everybody was talking about the heavy hitters, it, the stand, especially it. I mean, it, oh, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And it mm-hmm. does deserve to be covered forever, forever, forever. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. I was like falling in love with these short story collections and these books, these King books that I was like, okay, this was written in 1970. What? What is this book? <laughs> Who's Richard Bachman? What? Mm-hmm. And so I I kind of went down that rabbit hole of like, oh my God, does anybody know how great this book is? Has anybody, what, what is going on? Like, why is there nothing? So I just uh, kind of started started during during quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, I read uh, Under the Dome. Very poor choice, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Not very kind to my soul. Don't read <laughs> Under the Dome um, during an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little too much for the brain and heart. <laughs> However, loved that book. Loved the hell out of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so that is the roots of the podcast. And since then, I have had the immense pleasure and joy to meet so many delightful people like yourself who've been so kind to me and encouraging and helpful, my God, especially with Dark Tower stuff, because I am muy confused Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, or like just kind of spiraling. I tend to spiral if I start to kind of overthink something. Sure. Um, But yeah, I've, I've made some amazing friends and I've made a good dent in my King journey. I mm-hmm. think I started the podcast in like at like 25 books and we're almost at 40 now. I think I'm at like 39. That's amazing. Um, so that's been great, right? So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a literary show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one-woman show. I try to entertain as best I can. I try and keep it jazzy and mm-hmm. fun um, and not super drawn out and boring. I, I'm sure it can get there, though, but um, <laughs> I do my best to, to, to keep it fresh and fun and interesting. And what I'm hoping is that people who have read and spent some time with these novels or with these stories will get something deeper out of it. And that's my goal. Yes. And that is absolutely how I, uh, how I take the podcast. Like there are things that like, like for instance, the, um, the idea that you presented uh, while talking about the wastelands about the color yellow in terms of villains and everything in Stephen King's work Oh yeah, yeah. Like I will be completely. That That's the thing. I, <laughs> I so have funny. been, I have been a Stephen King fan for several uh, decades, pretty much. Um, well, like two <laughs> decades now, and then a Dark Tower fan for like a decade, and uh, that has never crossed my radar or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you may be onto something um cool yeah it's it's just really um it's really interesting to hear your take on um on stephen king because it is a it is from a literary perspective and it's something that you don't get a lot of and it's something that always kind of enriches the text for me so i really um appreciate that you're doing the podcast and uh i often get a lot out of uh your analysis you are so tremendously kind. Thank you so much. That means the world because um, after I publish every single episode, mm-hmm. no joke, Matt, like every single one, I'm like, that's it. I quit. Never again. <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Um, and just because I get so nervous mm-hmm. and I get very self-critical, we all do. Oh, you know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a challenging thing to put yourself out there. Um, yeah. And, and then or sometimes what will happen is I – will record and I was like, oh yeah, that was awesome. And mm. then I I publish it. And then I realized there was so much more I wanted to say or I got that wrong. Yeah. And so there's always like a desire to do more and mm-hmm. say it different. And it's it's kind of a recipe for mental chaos in a way. Oh yeah. Um, but I <laughs> um hearing that it's something that is not only tolerable but moderately enjoyable <laughs> is very meaningful so nice. thank you so much for telling me that because it's like putting a log on a dying bonfire that <laughs> uh, the flame is still there it mm-hmm. has not yet gone out the embers are are vibrant vibrant little <laughs> embers 
Um, so that's a nice hearty log of of inspiration. Nice. So thank you because every episode I want to quit. I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I can't. No. <laughs> well i'm just a little minnow in the ocean of sharks i just i I need to give up so thank you that's very meaningful uh, you're very welcome and uh (laughs) please keep going (laughs) because it is it is it is delightful um thank you very much yeah and i did want to ask you um this is a thought that just just came up so you often talk on your show about how like your like your grad school friends and your your academic friends and everything kind of have scoffed at Stephen King. Have you been able to and I may have asked you this before, but have you been able to turn the tide on that at all with any of any of your friends or anyone that uh has like uh taken a different look at Stephen King since you started uh doing the podcast? Yes, that is such a great question. A little bit. I've made little nice. strides here and there. Yeah. Um, it's definitely taken uh, quite a bit, quite mm-hmm. a bit of elbow grease. But yeah, I've had uh, a couple friends uh, who I've kind of lured at least into uh, being very interested in certain King titles like The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, ones like that. Cause I was like, I need you. Uh, I have, uh, another friend of mine who is a creative writing major. Mm-hmm. She has never, ever in her life read a Stephen King novel in her oh, life. Wow. She's just not interested. She's mm-hmm. not interested at all. She doesn't like being scared. And I was like, I understand that, but I, there is this one book that is short, mm-hmm. but mighty. And I, I want you to read it. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to read this one. I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to read this one. Nice. So I haven't talked to her in a, in a, in a minute, so mm-hmm. I'm going to follow up. But yeah, I have definitely had a, a few conversations specifically regarding um, the short story collections. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being I've shared from the Bazaar of Bad Dreams, um, Herman Woke is Still Alive. I don't know if you've oh, read that one. I have not read that one. Oh my gosh, Matt, that is <laughs> kick ass. Like nice. that thing is white hot fire, let me tell you. Like nice. it is fire, as the kids say. And um <laughs> I uh I shared that with a literary friend of mine, and um I, he was impressed. Nice. Uh, yeah. My yeah, he was definitely like and I tried to hide the author name. He totally looked it up, but <laughs> he was like and then he kind of came back. He's like, I think this was in The New Yorker. And I was like, you're damn right it was. And so <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, so I've made subtle progress with mostly short story stuff. Um, and then there was one that I'm drawing a blank on. Um, one of my listeners mm-hmm. sent it to me. It was published in one of the magazines. And I it was okay. about a breakdown. Do you remember what it is? Like... Um. Um, like oh, of course this happens um it was about a family breaking down uh by the side of the road and it's kind of like a creepy spooky little little uh number okay and the entire thing is king riffing on a um flannery o'connor story oh um, interesting i believe 
Yeah, I believe it's called A Good Man is Hard to Find. And it's a powerhouse story that we study in school. And King just totally brought it to life. Um, I'm going to have to, I'll I'll get it to you. I'm Mm -hmm. drawing, of course, a huge blank. Um, I'll get it to you after the show. Okay. But yeah, that's just King flexing his chops because Mm -hmm. he can just do no wrong. And he... Did, he he wanted to kind of do an homage to this famous Flannery O'Connor short story that is a powerhouse. It's dark, it's it's ominous, but it starts like a Susie Sunshine kind of tale, like a family okay. driving down the road on a road trip. They get a flat tire. They're at this kind of abandoned looking gas station. Insert calamity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so uh, I have made some progress with the short stories. Nice. Um, however, you know, since since COVID, it's been a it's been a minute. We haven't been yeah. in touch too too much. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm thinking the girl who loved Tom Gordon. I'm gonna win some people with that. Nice. And I'm gonna win some of the snobs with the short stories. <laughs> so um we're making tiny, uh tiny steps of progress. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to th- I have an idea of what that might have been. It's like in GQ or one of those gentleman magazines. Um, okay. Do you know if it's been collected? Road road something, tire something. Um, uh, I don't think it has. I okay. think it was just a one-off, maybe flat tire. T- this is terrible. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I I can go into my email and try and click around. Will the clicky sounds be not good? Nah, no, nah, you should be fine. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, but that's interesting. I think I can, yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Gonna, that's good that you've made some headway with that. Um I I think so. It's still yeah. it's still a work in progress, but nice. um, yeah. Um, um, let's see. Yeah, because I remember. Anyway, I don't want all this dead air being, for you. Oh but. yeah. <laughs> I remember there was like um, I like I don't know the Flannery O'Connor story, but um, there's a short story in Just After Sunset called Rest Stop, where it's the guy <gasps> yes. hearing, yeah. That is, oh my god, that one's gross. Yeah. But, no, I'm, no, I'm I'm thinking of something else. I'm oh. thinking about a very tight place. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just oh, about yes, the yes. potty. <laughs> oh, god. Um, I'm with you now. That was now awesome. I remember rest stop. That mm. was creepy. Creepy yeah. and cool. But oh, creepy. Yeah. Um, um yeah. yeah. Uh this one is in the same vein, okay. but kind of yeah, I would love for you to read it. We'll have to chit-chat about it. Oh, it absolutely. I think it would be a very cool story for your upcoming Patreon episodes because nice. what you could do if mm-hmm. you really want to put a feather in your cap is you can read the Flannery O'Connor short story, which is it's pretty good. It's, okay. It's dense and it ends on a gut punch, dear friend. Like, nice. oh my gosh, you're just going to be like, holy hell. Um and then King kind of does this take on it, and it's in the same vibration, and it's way cool. That so, sounds yeah. awesome. It'd be pretty sexy, not going to oh, lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I may have to do that. Um, hopefully, I can pull everything off because that, like I in like in my head I'm just like okay um I I'm figuring out like okay I'm gonna do this every week and I'm like oh but 
everything else. Um, <laughs> but I have all of January right. done, so. There you go. Yeah. So I will locate the title for you. Uh, a listener sent it to me, and I freaked out. And I was like, oh, my God, this is from Flannery O'Connor. And nice. it turns out that's exactly what King said. So mm -hmm. um, he is so great. And he uh, – he, oh, man. What, what, what's mind-boggling about King is he will read uh, a famous essayist or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a really powerhouse – uh, authors such as Cormac McCarthy or yeah. Raymond Carver, mm -hmm. um, all the dudes that we study in school, all of these people who take literature and like extract all this magic out of it and all of this wonderful creativity. He reads them for a while and then he just imitates their style. Oh yeah. He just, yeah. He's like, Oh yeah. I was just reading them for a couple weeks and I, I yeah. wanted to give it a crack. And you're I'll, like, I'll riff what? on this. Yeah. I'll riff on this. I'll put my you own spin on it. On yeah. this. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And like I've I, I've said this before, but like I've seen so many like I'll, when going through the short story collections, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is this is that episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, <laughs> like this is him doing Rod Serling, and I'm just like, wow. I'm so just like impressed by the way that he can make it his own while also riffing on something that is in its own right iconic and and uh has stood the test of time um yeah really really great I stuff i love it so much oh yeah it's oh, yeah. so great right so i'm oh, so yeah. excited for you i'm gonna nerd out hard yeah. on that patreon let me tell oh, you yeah. oh yeah <laughs> So let's get back to the Dark Tower, though. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll, we'll get back on the, the tracks that yes. Blaine the monorail yeah. is blasting on. <laughs> yes. Um, should we go ahead and just open this up to spoilers? Or do you want to talk uh, non-spoiler for a little bit more? Or I'm fine. I'm fine with uh, with uh, with crossing the line into okay. spoiler town. That's fine. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we are going to go into spoilers um, for the first three Dark Tower books. So that's The Gunslinger, The Drawing of the Three, and The Wastelands. Free for all. Nothing after that will be spoiled. So um, I am going to go ahead and play a little bit of music. So, spoilers on for The Dark Tower, books one through three. So, Kim, let's start with The Gunslinger just a little bit. If you have any anything you want to talk about in terms of spoilers or in terms of just the overall story that you haven't, like, something that you've thought about or anything, anything you want to talk about with The Gunslinger. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is this is so fun. This is so awesome. Yes. All right. So I do have something I'd like to ask because okay. I think it does connect to something that happens in the wastelands. Okay. Um, and to kind of get your engines warmed up on this wild <laughs> question, the topic is cosmic sex or cosmic sexuality. Yes. Um, so <laughs> jump back, if you will, dear friend, to I think it's the third installment, which is the Oracle of mm -hmm. the Gunslinger. 
Um, I think that's what the chapter is called. Please forgive me if I'm blanking or getting that right. wrong. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, and what's wild is there's like some illustrations in the copy that I had. And there's mm. this, there's, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's like phallic temple associated with this Oracle thing. It's very phallic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's like this place where Roland and Jake kind of, wander in i think it's jake who wanders a little too far and there's mm-hmm. like some inappropriate stuff that happens yeah um, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh the, the roland's like on his back <laughs> and <laughs> there's this uh i don't know if succubus is the appropriate word but mm. there's some sort of entity and there's a direct quote from Roland, like, have your way. I think he says, have your way, bitch. I oh, think yeah. if I'm correct. That sounds right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I was like, what the hell just happened? So I kind of just let it go. Radical acceptance. First mm-hmm. time reading Gunslinger. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. So then uh, fast forward to me in the in the wastelands. And there's this super climactic, oh my gosh, Jake is trying to come through. This um, house is trying to eat him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the key and Roland and like, wow, all this action. And then, <laughs> and then uh, 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 Odetta, well, Susanna channels Detta <laughs> because there's some sort of demon presence that I can't see. Yep. No one can see. Um, and there's a... a <laughs> I don't see. I, I don't even know how to do this, Matt. Like I don't know if it's. I don't know if it, it's kind of rapey. I don't think even Detta was consenting. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I I so, agree. But, <laughs> yeah. So this is invisible sex, mm-hmm. and Detta has to let this icy penetration by an invisible mm-hmm. demon, and she oh she says um. She's like, I'm. Am I allowed to drop an f bomb oh, for yes. a direct text quote? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She says, "I'm gonna fuck you to death," <laughs> and I died laughing. And I was like, mm-hmm. "What is going <laughs> on?" Um, I'm laughing. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm laughing at rape. This is terrible. Damn it, mm-hmm. Stephen. Damn you. I yeah. should not be, never be laughing at rape, and mm-hmm. I am because what is going on? But there is an invisible presence. That is having sex with Dada Walker, mm-hmm. but it, I believe there is some. She she describes penetration. So my question is: mm-hmm. Is cosmic sex a thing in this world? Yeah, <laughs> like what's happening? I will say that <laughs> it's it's so interesting to view the Dark Tower series in terms of the sexual aspects of it um like in like in the gunslinger he this it's such a it like this is another reason why i don't know how they could ever adapt it properly because like <laughs> no. with uh like with sylvia Pit- pittston um oh my gosh yes yeah in in tull uh he basically performs a an abortion with a gun to yeah to not in yeah and that's really yeah, you're exactly right yeah it's it's really really it it's it's really um tricky to talk about 
but it is because there's no there's no and and like even i don't even know if because there's no penetration of like mm-hmm. the pistol anywhere it's yeah. like the cosmic nature of mm-hmm. the guns had some kind of power oh yeah that aborted this demon fetus that's um, interesting that, i always just assumed that it was like a I don't know if I a penetration. Yeah, I just imagined it to be a penetration thing, and it always made me uncomfortable. But that's an interesting read that it's the cosmic nature I, of the guns. Um, I was hmm. so perplexed by that scene, Matt. Yeah. I like spent like ten minutes reading it on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't even care. I was like, yeah, I have to read you guys this super effed up scene because mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think there was ever a description of penetration, um, mm-hmm. which could have been just King uh, tiptoeing around that. But no, I think yeah. it was like the magic, like oh, the magic or the power. Huh. It, that's a theory. That's a theory I have. Could be wrong, of course. Mm-hmm. I think that you might be um, onto something. I will say that the movie did not handle that at all. <laughs> Because the movie's garbage. But anyway. Rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in terms of the... I love to hear like the vitriol that the film gets. Oh, yeah. And like I've seen people who like the movie and enjoyed the movie. There's like a few people out there that I've seen and more power to them and everything. If you like the movie, that's fine. But I mean, the reason that this podcast exists is because Tiny and I had like five Mm -hmm. hours worth of recording about the movie <laughs> and i was just like let's just start a dark tower podcast but um but <laughs> i yeah. love that i didn't yeah. know that that's awesome oh yeah, oh, yeah. and uh, i love things born out of hatred it's it, absolutely <laughs> and it's something that wasn't even it was funny because on the obsessive viewer facebook page when like tiny and i saw the dark tower in the theater together wearing dark tower t-shirts we were excited um and then we did like a Facebook live video of our reaction to it. And it's so it like, it's in the audio of it is in like our first episode. And it's so funny because it's our immediate reaction and it's us dancing around saying like, well, I like this thing. And like, it was before we really like, I don't know. I, we were still holding out hope, but then it just, yeah, it was, it was an ordeal, but, um, but yeah, some of the things in the first three books that the movie handles are is is just weird. Like obviously they don't do the the Sylvia uh, Pittston thing, but they do do the uh, the doorway demon uh, for Jake, and it's like it is laughable. It's so it's uh, it it's yeah, it's like this. It's this pivotal moment in the story, in the book, in in the series. And it's like, it's like just a not blinking you miss it thing, but it's just this very like blockbuster action thing in the movie that has really no substance at all. It isn't, it isn't them trying to pull him in. It's just him going out there. It's just, it's really dumb. But, uh, but yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I feel, yeah I, yeah, I agree. The only thing I liked about the movie was the casting choice. That was the only Me thing. Me too. Me too. And I was like, I like these actors. That's yeah. It. Oh yeah. And like, I never expected that the kid playing Jake would be like the kind of standout performance. And he like, they all did fine, but I don't know. He did. He did something a little bit interesting with with the role, sort of. 
But I mean, I love, love, love Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. And Same. I, yeah. And I had such, just such a stick up my ass about people that were complaining about <laughs> Idris Elba being cast. And like you, like you. Yeah, they can kick rocks. That's yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was great. Yeah. And like people were saying like, well, it's important because Susanna's black and, and she, She's yelling at them because, uh, in drawing of the three, because of, of their, their white guys and everything. And I'm like, that's literally like minimum or like maximum a hundred pages of a 4,200 page story. <laughs> like, yeah, you might be projecting a little bit on that. But anyway, um, so, uh, cosmic sex. <laughs> Cosmic sex, right? Yes. So I don't know if you'll be able to answer mm -hmm. this question because yes. it might be a spoiler, but I is that something the man in black does? Is he like a cosmic rapist? Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> um, question. Yeah. So um, we only hmm. hear about the man in black and the gunslinger during that Sylvia Pittston area. Mm -hmm. That's where we hear about um Oh, no, I take that back. We hear about the Crimson King. Yes. That's what I meant to say. Is cosmic uh, sex something yeah. the Crimson King does? Yes, because the okay. Sylvia Pittston was – she was impregnated, impregnated by him yeah. with his child. Yes, yes. So, okay. yeah, what, I, what I'll say is that you will – I will say that these moments aren't – so, like – I don't know, like, on the surface, you can kind of see, like, oh, this is kind of, especially, like, with a 2021-2022 lens, you can say, like, oh, this is kind of just gratuitous and really, like, rapey, like you said, and non-consensual mm -hmm. and everything. But in terms of the story, the overarching story, like, it does – what I'll say is that it isn't just this – shock value thing it does pertain to the story at large in in some certain ways if that's enough for it to necessitate the kind of um the kind of grossness of it is kind of to to each individual reader's um um reaction i guess but I kind of find it really interesting given the way that King writes and how he usually just lets the words flow and then, and then puts things together uh, as they come. And it's just interesting the way that he is able to kind of call back to certain things and do certain things um, in the greater story. So I'll, I'll say that, but, um, and I'll also say that this weird cosmic sex stuff is, not really a one-off in the three in the three books. It's something that I think I think happened. There's there's stuff in the later books that um, address that. I'll say that. Yeah. <gasps> this is great. Okay, <laughs> this is great, Matt. Because as long as I know there's purpose behind it, mm -hmm. or this is a thing. If if this is a thing, I I get it. Like yeah. I can really let go of any sort of um reaction that's mm -hmm. like like I, I can let go of a shocked reaction and focus on the story more yeah um because i'm getting i my my guess 
the way it happens with Detta, mm-hmm. thank goodness it happened in the in the gunslinger because even though it was shocking when it happened with Detta, and I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the fact that it was the second time I had seen something like this, I was like, yeah. okay, is this a thing? So I'm so glad to know that it is. That's yeah. actually incredibly helpful mm-hmm. um, because I'm just going to suspend the shock yeah. and be like, oh, I think there's purpose to this for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very eager to see how your position on that or how your thoughts on that kind of evolve as you go through the series. That's what I'll say to that. Um, Yay! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is pretty. It's, it's pretty hard to, it's pretty hard to read like, like Detta's whole section in the in the wastelands, especially with like just the fact that like Eddie is there like the stress of all that is just painful and also just the ticking clock of him having to carve the thing it's just it's it's incredible oh my gosh yes so so intense here's the other thing Mm -hmm. um i think Susanna is totally pregnant oh yeah holy crap i remember she's totally pregnant and we hear about that like right after the battle with shardik Mm -hmm. she was like I missed a period and <laughs> I think that might be a thing, mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep that on the down low. I'm just gonna not um, say anything yet, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. And like, yeah. you don't say that. I'm like, like the rules in fiction is like, use it or lose it. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. Like, if you're not going to use that, that information, you better chop it. So I yeah. know it's a thing. I know <laughs> it's huge. And then we hear about it toward the end. Mm hmm. Where uh, she talks about like more sort of feminine uh, curiosity stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, I feeling a little preggers. So <laughs> the fact that I knew or had my suspicions that she was pregnant mm-hmm. very early in the story, then we get to cosmic invisible ice sex. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. This pregnant woman is mm. being raped by an ice demon. Yep. And I guess it's I I'm my guess, I don't know, and you don't have to answer me okay. this if it's gonna be a spoiler. I think it's the Crimson King. I think he's a oh, little invisible rapist okay. all over Midworld, <laughs> raping mm-hmm. <laughs> raping women and men and everyone. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, just this invisible, this invisible, all powerful <laughs> incubus. Um, yep. So, yeah, that was that was like cringy a little because you're like, yeah, I was pregnant. This is an ice demon. Oh, this yeah. is Susanna's body, but Dada's craziness. And but oh my god, I I must also take a second. <laughs> um, Matt Susanna Dean is the she is the coolest oh. person ever. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. There is there is no other way to articulate like this is a bad bitch. Like and I yeah. mean that with all the the <laughs> the, the joy in my heart. Like yep. this lady is so cool. Oh, yeah. I have never experienced a cooler <laughs> king woman. I am blown away by this nut job. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is amazing. I would teach a whole class on Susanna Dean. I would nice. teach an entire semester on her. I oh, cannot that's awesome. get over the coolness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like I love that the the melding together of Detta and Odetta isn't just like, oh, okay, now I'm done with that. Like King is so good at at 
just extrapolating on certain like small things or big things in his writing. So like, okay, I'm going to put these two personalities together. They're going to create Susanna. And then it's not, that's not like a, it's like he creates these hardships for himself in the writing. (laughs) And then he doesn't let it go or anything like he, he like he could have easily just been like okay now it's now Deda and Odetta are gone and so now she's just Susanna but now it's like oh no she can call Deda to fucking ice demon and then <laughs> you know do whatever um it's just oh my god I'm gonna be laughing about that at like <laughs> yeah. 2 a.m oh my god <laughs> and it's, that was awesome yeah oh thank you and it just it's like it brings so much more depth to the character as well because she has such a such a just rich and messed up history and yeah and like one of the things that i really was pleased with um in your episode on the wastelands is that you are you're on the eddie and Susanna train you are behind oh, yes their relationship yes. and yeah because because that's that is one of the concerns um with the drawing of the threes because it does happen pretty suddenly that they just kind of fall in love it's very it doesn't really feel as organic as a lot of stephen king relationships are in his books but definitely yeah but it definitely is fleshed out in in the wastelands so i'm glad that you connected with that as well me too me too because yeah i was pretty upset in drawing of the three when dumb mm-hmm. dumb eddie is like <laughs> I-, I love you and i'm like shut up you're yeah. a child get out of here you know <laughs> um and and then uh you know seeing them at the end of where where we leave off in drawing of the three and then just kind of having this wonderful rich mm-hmm. like you said incredibly organic like commitment like the fact that she takes his last name yeah things like that it's like okay that's very intimate that's like mm-hmm. super commitment and that's quite precious and um and it's charming and yeah it it just blooms it blooms so much in drawing of an or Or, in wasteland that i was like yes oh oh, i love it they are they are the benefer to me they are (laughs) oh man nice uh absolutely so much yeah in the characterization oh go ahead i was just gonna say the characterization is just so rich because you have Susanna and then you have Eddie dealing with just the memory of his brother and living up out of like realizing that he has to that he's now out of his brother's shadow and still having that just that needling in his brain. That's like that lack of confidence when he has to do this literal life or death thing is just so compelling to me. And it's something that just is just so rich. I, I love it so much. <gasps> You mentioned the most amazing subject. I'm so glad you brought it up because Eddie's brother, Henry, in Drawing of the Three, the Mm -hmm. reader gets the idea that like Eddie really looked up to his brother, that Henry was like, he went to Vietnam, he got hooked on smack, it wasn't Mm -hmm. his fault, you know, it was really sad. And he he comes home and um, Eddie just talks about how he admires how Henry always like looks polished and like Mm -hmm. always put together and... And then in the Wastelands, we find out that, like, Henry was a piece of garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was terrible and was a terrible brother. And that was a huge, like, wrench in my spokes mm-hmm. for for character development. But I loved it because you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. I got that 
that that was I, that was wrong. Like he didn't look up to Henry. He yeah. he was just maybe in the drug induced perception of his brother. Yeah, um, he and his brother were both like addicted, and so mm-hmm. now that he's totally sober, he has all of these memories from childhood, all of this repressed trauma from being abused by his older brother and like yep. ridiculed and belittled and that was a that was a tough pill to swallow because i liked henry in drawing mm-hmm. of the three and then in wastelands you're like oh my god what a piece of shit like whoa yeah. that's oh, terrible yeah. and it's so, so interesting i'm so glad you brought yeah. up that characterization oh, yeah. yeah and it's so interesting the how it is a different a different perspective because i mean because like you like you said eddie is now sober and it's just it's this it's so interesting to me that he has this admiration when he's hooked on on heroin and everything that he's when he's hooked on when he's hooked on drugs he has this admiration this kind of um it almost maybe I'm maybe it's maybe it's not there too much but like it's almost like he's projecting on like like rationalizing his addiction because his brother had um kind of a a, a less a less um wow what's the word i'm looking for like a, a less deliberate um route into drug addiction i guess but then when he you know so he has these rose colored glasses and then he sobers up and they're just regular glasses <laughs> um it's just it's really it's really cool i just i love the way king writes the characters i love it too and yeah. i love when we get a kind of redemption especially Mm -hmm. via addiction i love when king allows addicted characters to heal Mm -hmm. i love that so much because i think i mean obviously he experienced that himself so he's really kind of writing about his own journey to sobriety with these he we get to relive that through these characters what he must have um seen the how you see the world differently when you're not under the influence I, I love that with 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 King characters when they get that redemptive um, healing. The novel Revival does mm-hmm. that really well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, so good. With, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jamie Morton does mm-hmm. that so well. And I love I love that Eddie, you know, has – he overcomes and is sober, but yet he still is like this hilarious New York City <laughs> wise guy. Yep. And – the part I'm going to share with you, I'm still mm-hmm. laughing about it. It was just an, a line from Eddie that mm-hmm. just has me dying. And it's when Roland is being really serious, like super duper serious, like mm-hmm. he has forgotten the face of his father, like the oath and like all <laughs> <Yep>. of <laughs> And um, he's trying to get Eddie to buy in because um, Eddie's freaking out about the key. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't do this. This is too intense. No way. Um <laughs> And Roland's like uh, something like you've forgotten the face of your father or your father, and Eddie's like I don't give a I don't give a dick about my father. No, that's what he says. He's like I don't care dick about my father, and I died. I like it was the hugest cackle laugh because that's awesome. He just he keeps him he keeps him Eddie, which who's just like hilarious and just this city kid who's gonna (laughs) who's gonna be super duper brash and speak Mm -hmm. his mind and blunt and crass and he doesn't care about roland's like serious (laughs) um (laughs) this you know gunslinging knight oath he's like i don't care dick about my father i don't care (laughs) 
<laughs> shut up i don't yep. care um i died i loved it oh, so yeah. much and that's why eddie is such a treasure oh yeah um, and i love he's such an oddball too like this cast of characters when you really zero in and describe each and every one of them and you're like yeah this is the crew this yep. is the gang <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we've got this hybrid precious you know raccoon dog thing yes. that talks we, we have this like 20 something new york street punk and this um demon ish woman uh <laughs> with multiple personalities yep um and then this this guy who who's a really good gun shooter um <laughs> and he's really serious about the tower yep that he's got to get to and uh they're just hanging out with him so <laughs> it's a hard sell i get why people give up after, yeah um, yep. but what a rewarding experience it is if you make it to the wastelands and mm -hmm. get to read the wastelands such a joy it's absolutely. worth all of the head scratching oh yeah all the head scratching is worth it oh absolutely it is such a rich rich story and like honestly i would say top two favorite stephen king characters of all time are roland and nettie um so good yeah they're just they're just amazing and and suzanne is up there too um and jake and oi um, <laughs> the whole family um yeah so it's good. just it's so good so what was your next question my next question is one that kind of so this is toward the end of the wastelands this mm -hmm. is uh at that big kind of explosive battle with uh, the TikTok man. Mm -hmm. uh, that was wild. And um, there's this guy who <laughs> comes into the frame uh, named Richard Fannin. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, is talking to the TikTok man who should be dead. He mm -hmm. is not. And uh, this sounds very familiar, uh, very familiar <laughs> to that of of somebody named Randall Flagg. Mm -hmm. uh, so the thing is, is this Richard Fannin guy is like got this robish looking thing, this this costume that I think is described what the man in black looked like mm -hmm. around gunslinger times when he and Roland were having their little palaver at the fire and doing a little tarot card reading, which is my favorite zone of the story. Mm -hmm. Um that's kind of what the man in black look like. So I pretty much um, self-combusted a little bit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, my question, um, Matt, mm -hmm. oh, my God, is 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 Randall Flagg the man in black? I mean, it's hard <laughs> to say. <laughs> um, OK, what I will say is. um for anyone listening who has gotten through <laughs> the first three books of the, of the Dark Tower series, I think maybe it would be fun to read The Stand before going on to Wizarding Class. Um, okay. That's what I'll say about that. It, it's where... And, and what's interesting is that this the story in the series gets even even more weird as it goes on. So like, this is a pretty tame, a pretty tame idea that you are presenting um, <laughs> that I'm not going to say one way or the other, but okay, interesting. Yeah. But 
yeah, I would say a familiar familiarity with the stand before reading Wizard and Glass is for and and it's not like it's required reading or anything and ultimately it's just like a small small connection that you can draw um in Wizard and Glass but it is it would be a rewarding experience I think. Okay. Um, and okay. also the stand is incredible so yeah. It is, and I uh, I've read half of it, and mm-hmm. for the life of me, I must have got the Matrix must have been reset in 2015 because <laughs> I don't know what happened, Matt. Because mm-hmm. I got 600 pages in, and everybody got to Mother Abigail's house in Nebraska, mm-hmm. and something happened. I don't know what, mm-hmm. and I have no memory or recollection of it. But I mu- I shelved the book, and mm-hmm. I went to my back to my life, and I started reading something else, and I just stopped, and I don't uh, know yeah. why. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get as far as I would have liked, but I got ha- I I was halfway in. I I don't get it. I the yeah. matrix clearly was reset. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, clearly, so I I don't have a lot of con. However, I have seen some of the stand adaptations, so I oh, know yeah. what goes down. Sure, but um, I okay. I'm gonna hold that in the little thought bubble. Yeah, because. I'm spiraling on if he is the man in black <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a little bit because then I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That changes a lot of things. Yep. So um, I'll keep that in a little thought bubble. Um, the other thing mm-hmm. in conjunction with that is when I first was trying to decipher the gunslinger, I compared – the Man in Black and the Crimson King to Sauron from Lord of the Rings ah, yeah. and Saruman from Lord of the Rings, and I wanted to ask if that was if that's an accurate comparison, or do I am I a little misguided with that? Um, I would say that that is a pretty accurate, a, a fairly accurate assessment. It's something that I never really put together. That was one of the things I really uh, really liked about your coverage of the Gunslinger is that you you really drew all the comparisons to Tolkien that I kind of took for granted or I, I kind of wasn't really cognizant of. And like there, I mean, they it's big. Like there's a lot, like people say like, oh, The Stand is, is Stephen King's Tolkien, uh, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic like fantasy thing. But like, he also drew much inspiration uh, for the Dark Tower series. So I would say that the Crimson King and and the Man in Black are akin to Saron and Saruman. Um, okay. I would, I would say that that is an apt assessment. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, that's yeah. helpful. Because mm-hmm. we've got these two floating names, and mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, um... Crimson King seems like this really ethereal, invisible, like mm-hmm. big bad that he's just, he's so evil, he cannot even take physical form. He's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> ice raping people. So, um, <laughs> you know, like like a, like a an evil Zeus mm-hmm. of mid-world, just yeah. Im- making demigods with, with fertile women, mm. maybe fertile men too. I don't know about this mid-world place. Maybe men get right. pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> that would be very um, Kingian. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. They're, I've heard I've 
I'm open. I am so open <laughs> to do all the crazy <laughs> that uh, it could happen. So that is very helpful um, yes. because, but yeah, this, this Randall flag thing definitely kind of sucker punched me at the end of the wastelands. Cause I was like, Oh, what are you doing here? What <laughs> yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. What does this mean? And what also, are you doing here? Yeah. So. And also, like I we I, I told I mentioned this before we recorded, but like just imagine like reading that book in like 91 and then having to wait until 97 to read Wizarding <gasps> Class. Like Oh my god, just, is it six years? I did yeah, not know that. Yep. Oh my god. Just insane. And I'm so lucky that I uh you know didn't have to suffer through that. <laughs> like I came to the Dark Tower in twenty ten. Oh my gosh. But man, it's just it's that I can't imagine. Holy crap. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that is terrible. I had no idea. I hadn't um researched uh Wizard and Glass yet. So I went, yeah. oh my God, Matt, that yep. is significant. Yeah. And terrible. <laughs> wow. Yep. It's just it's That's wild. Yeah. He was getting uh like threatening letters and hate mail. <laughs> um sure. Yeah. For it. Um yeah, it's just it's it's insane. So um uh in your episode on the wastelands, you had questions about the beams. <gasps> yes, thank you so yes. much for bringing that up. Um yeah. I think I don't get what they are, Matt, if you could help me with that. Okay. So I'm I'm curious how much is in the wastelands about the beams because it it is a big kind of exposition dump i'm sure but basically the beams are this kind of cosmic energy that for all intents and purposes is holding up the tower and it's like they're like spokes on a wheel and okay each beam runs throughout all of i think it's it's uh in world um, or no, end world, mid world, and in world. Yeah. So like the the entire everything, <laughs> everything in in Roland's world that has moved on, and these beams are holding up the tower, and each one is guarded by, um, like uh by a kind of mystical or mechanical <laughs> um animal. So Shardik the bear is the guardian of of one of the beams. Um, so they were on like the path of the bear and the, and Shardik is this, obviously this mechanical bear that is, that has the satellite dish on his head and everything. And I think he was made by, you know, one of the, one of the corporations that have been referenced, the Lamarck industries or North central positronics and North central positronics probably. But anyway, um, mm -hmm. So the actual like visual representation of the beam is sort of non-existent. Um, they okay. use it as a, um, and again, this is one of the great things about it. We're in the third book and that's when like we, that's when we get like the idea of how they're even going to navigate to the tower, <laughs> like three books oh, in wow. yeah, and that's yeah. like how you go to the tower. So, um, uh, the beam is represented by when they look in the sky, 
and they see like clouds moving in a in a certain direction like like a a, a thin layer of clouds um moving in a direction that's how they know they're on the path of the beam because they're going in that direction um so that's kind of their their north star their guiding star for the tower um yeah and it's pretty cool because like in the in the dark tower subreddits and stuff people will like just take pictures of like the sky where like clouds are like going in a certain direction they're like oh i'm on the path of the beam <laughs> oh that's so awesome yeah. i love the tower fans <laughs> Me too. so cool yeah um that's awesome yeah this is so helpful because for whatever reason i think i beam i couldn't get mm-hmm. out of my mind like oh, a beam yeah. of light like a light oh beam. yeah and i was like is this like a yellow brick road mm. like what is it what is what is it um yeah. okay that's very very helpful mm-hmm. yeah um the shardek beam we follow yeah and it's really interesting because simultaneously we get the navigation aspect of going to and it kind of feels like when king wrote the wastelands this is just conjecture on my part but it kind of feels like he's just like okay well okay we were two books in okay we need to get him we need to get the cotet like on like on the road to the to the tower so let's just do this beam thing and then and then it just feels like a couple hundred pages later he's like all right let's just put him on a train and just have him just go (laughs) just go nuts and (laughs) cover a lot of ground because we're already three books in and they haven't made much headway. Um. <laughs> I that that actually works because I think mm-hmm. he was on one of the talk shows in the morning or or maybe it was a publication, <laughs> I don't remember, but he was talking about when he was writing the stand, he had like hundreds of pages and yeah. a zillion characters. And he's like, what am I gonna do? And he took like yeah. a month off and he was just walking around the woods every day and he's like, I'm just gonna blow up a lot of, yes. a lot of like yes. I'm just gonna <laughs> cause a huge explosion yeah. and knock off a few. <laughs> I love that story so much. It's so great. It's like, so great. These creative decisions that just mm-hmm. come forth. Yeah. Of like, oh whoops, I made made too many muffins, just gotta eat some, I guess. Exactly. So <laughs> oh that's great yeah um yeah yeah <laughs> so so helpful mm. um i i w- would love for you to see my actual notepad i i'll have to send you a picture <laughs> oh yeah because i have the, the man in black slash richard fannin mm-hmm. and then i have sex demon w slash data <laughs> i have susanna is pregnant question mark and then my last one is grays slash pubes <laughs> Which <laughs> I just I love the um, idea of someone finding that and like I'm assuming like you don't have like a heading on it or anything. It's just like grays and pubes, <laughs> sex demon. Oh god. Um, Here's hoping I'm not murdered and yeah. the, the detectives looking over my body <laughs> don't find that on the on my nights. What could this all mean? <laughs> right? Let's decode. Oh, Can you imagine great. if they got like a they sent it to a, a code cracker? Yeah. To see if I was writing in secrets. Oh my yeah. gosh. LOL yeah. to that. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then, but the yeah. <laughs> the city of Lud uh mm-hmm. was was wild. And um are Grays and Pubes a singular Lud thing? I believe or- so. I I will okay. say um 
I will say that the the amount of information about the greys and pubes that are contained in the wastelands is the amount of information that you will have regarding the greys and pubes throughout the entire Dark Tower saga. <laughs> like they don't excellent. Yeah, okay. it's not something that recurs, but um, but yeah, it's just two factions in a in a post apocalyptic lud. Um, that are trying to kill each other. I, I'm always a little bit foggy on that, specifically because it's strictly a lead thing. Um, but but yeah, yeah, they're just two two factions. Um, kind of gives a little bit more texture to to Midworld, which I appreciate because I feel like this is, I feel like the Wastelands is the most um, arguably argue well. Uh, one of the heaviest in terms of midworld mythology in the series. Um, Cause we get a lot in, in the rest of the books, but I think this is mostly the first time that we get like just bombarded with like, Oh, this is the stature of gunslingers and, and the world has moved on and how the world has moved on. And, and there's talking trains. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There is one that I forgot to write down on my notebook, but it mm. just popped into my mind. So I'm super excited. Um, so Roland talks about a certain uh, illness slash plague called Horse Blossom, mm-hmm. which LOL to that. <laughs> yeah. um, but Horse Blossom <laughs> and some of these Lud, I don't think, I wonder if King meant to call the city of Lud so we could call them Luddites. I was wondering that too. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, I've got, I'm with you on that yeah. theory. Um, the, <laughs> the local, the Luddites slash citizens of Lud mm. um, seem to have this affliction Roland calls whore's blossom, <laughs> which it sounds like from the text, they just have this freakish form of leprosy, mm-hmm. I think. But I, I wanted to ask about that. If, if, yeah. if it is leprosy or are they like zombie people? I think it's fairly open to interpretation. I, I don't think it's anything okay. anything too exact. There might be something later that gives more context to it, but I always equated it with radiation sickness and radiation poisoning. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that works. Okay, that slaps, as the kids say. <laughs> right. <laughs> I work with so many Gen Z, yeah. that, like they're bleeding into my life. Nice. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'll make a TikTok to really to really dive into to Midworld. There you go. I'm gonna send you. Uh, this this uh, wonderful I think it was on a, a Dark Tower subreddit mm. where it was if Gen Z wrote the oh, gunslinger. I saw Did that. Did you see that? It it's I died. Perfect. Oh it's my gosh. Absolutely perfect. Um the the man in black yeeted across the desert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And the gunslinger thought it was sus and yeah. no cap or something something i know i butchered it but like it's magical i'm so glad you have seen it it's so great i like i i was i was cracking up over that it was i'm trying to find it because i know that i have it in my phone somewhere because it's just it is just perfect um and i am struggling to find it 
I know that I... Oh, here yeah, it is. Yeah, let me know when you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, the man in black yeeted across the desert and the gunslinger <laughs> simped. The desert hit... <laughs> the desert hit different, huge, standing to the sky for what looked like looked like eternity in all directions. It was sus and cringe and low-key in need of a glow-up. <laughs> oh my god, oh my I can't. God. It's oh so my perfect. Gosh. It's it the is perfection. so perfect. It's the um, perfection for me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Love it so much. Um, the radiation thing, I'm so mm-hmm. that that works so much. And right as you said that, I was thinking about the Tommy Knockers, which I read this oh, year yeah. because that was a huge part in that mm-hmm. book. Um, one of the characters, Ray Gardner, he's yeah. kind of he, he's he's moderately unlikable, mm-hmm. and he's a very belligerent <laughs> drunk, mm-hmm. and he gets wasted at a party, and he's just going on and on about like nuclear war in Russia, and you're like, oh my yep. god, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah. um, but then later on, you re- you realize um, that the the radiation thing was like a thing, and that's yeah. what a lot of that's why everybody's teeth are falling out mm-hmm. in the city of Haven and it's wild because yeah. these alien ships are just like poisoning everyone. So the fact that we've got radiation all over um blood, oh that makes yeah. so much sense. That is so huge. Thank oh, yeah. you because I some sometimes you miss things when you're reading and that might have been oh, yeah. um there but clearly went right over my head. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so dense with information, and since it is this completely other world, like, it's one of the things that makes me, like, scared to read more fantasy, because I'm like, I need to learn, like, all of this stuff. <laughs> and uh, It's a lot. Yeah, it's it heavy. Is. Oh, yeah. But when it works, it works really well. I have to do it really a lot well. with my... Oh, my gosh, oh, yeah. yeah. It, and this is magic. But, yeah, with my students, I... Um, when when they bless them, they're so precious because they mm-hmm. they start writing and they've been thinking about these fantasy stories for like years and years and years. Yeah, and it just explodes out of them, and it's a hot mess, and it's crazy. And I was like, "All right, you gotta tell me about this world." Mm-hmm. Like I'm a newborn baby. Like I'm like I'm just like a little toddler. Yeah, like, you gotta make it digestible for me. Oh yeah, because they just want to world build until they mm-hmm. explode, which. I think that's what the Wastelands is, is mm-hmm. this wonderful, I feel like it's like this fast moving Tetris game, but he never gets clogged. Like it's just awesome Tetris. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a great way to it's describe so cool. it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh You're just watching the yeah. Tetris tower get built. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. And what's interesting is that I don't know, I don't know how much of the comics are like on your radar or anything. And I know that's like down in the future and everything, (laughs) but I will say that like, what's interesting is that the dark tower, obviously Stephen King's magnum opus world building, all that stuff is great. Um, What I find really interesting about that also is that he, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's sad and tragic because the um, Frank Muller uh, did the narration for the audiobooks for the first four books. And then when King, like after sometime after that, he was in a he was in a motorcycle accident, and uh, was it eventually passed away. And so in King's, I think in in the afterward for, um, I think it's for Wolves of the Kala, 
he kind of he kind of like eulogizes Frank Muller and says uh, that like every time that he goes to write to write a Dark Tower story, he like in order to remember like all the bits and pieces and everything he listens to the audiobooks and and like he like he credits frank muller for bringing his vision to life and everything and like it's really sad and tragic but like it's just in really interesting the way that he uh like he has to keep all of that together and he um at a certain point robin firth was hired as his research assistant i think and she is like she is like the gatekeeper of Dark Tower lore, and she knows all about the Dark Tower. <laughs> and she, wow. yeah. And when Marvel, and I may be, I might be getting some of this information a little bit wrong, but when Marvel adapted or made the Dark Tower comic books, um, they, I think she was like the head writer, or she was like the she was like the main force to to put everything put everything on there and have it be consistent and have it be right. And I believe she wrote a majority of them. So it's really interesting to read the books and then once you finish it, read the comics because the comics they kind of there's a couple there's a couple of different uh, like different series that they run like they. It's it's kind of sad because they they basically do uh, Wizard and Glass, and then they do they did like the first I think they did the Gunslinger and Drawing of the Three. I don't think they they don't I don't think they ever got to the Wastelands, and then it got canceled or they didn't finish it. But I like I wish they would have done the entire se- the the entire saga and everything. But that reading those is really interesting because it 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 fleshes out a little bit more of Midworld and the the mythology and everything in some really interesting ways um that isn't necessarily in the in the books but it's i i highly recommend reading them when when you finish the series that's that's what i'm getting at basically <laughs> more assignments hey, oh, for you. <laughs> thank you thank you oh so much for telling me about that i did not know there were comic books or, oh yeah or, so i might have or somebody might have told me but i forgot so this is huge mm-hmm. that is amazing so i i can't read any until i read all right like i can't like yeah. cheat and go read yeah okay. that would okay, probably be your okay. best bet yeah okay yeah. that's very difficult i am very tempted uh, yeah. to just like <laughs> <laughs> I want to see all the beautiful art. I want to see like how they draw these characters mm-hmm. that I now love so much. Oh yeah. Um that that is so nice and that'll be like a treat I can look forward to. Oh, absolutely. So, oh yeah. So once I make my way through um yeah. yeah. I that is so exciting. Thank yep. you. And I'm yeah. going to do my best not to look them up and try and cheat. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I I promise. I promise nice. I won't. Nice. That is um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm this is what's yeah. so fun. Oh yeah. This is what's so fun about like talking to to tower folks mm-hmm. because I I feel like I'm 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 just such like a, a little dumb kid. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, yeah, girl, you didn't know about this, and I was like, no. And so I feel like you know, um, I'm just this elementary school kid who gets to the, the to the middle school to the, mm-hmm. the big kids, and 
yeah. And nice. yeah, that's really how it feels. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, there's like this companion piece. Mm-hmm. There's comic books. There's this this other thing that I'm sure exists that I don't know about. <laughs> um, so it's it's so fun talking yeah. with our folks. So thank you. This oh, absolutely, awesome. I had a question for you, and we can kind of start wrapping up too, because I don't want to take up too much of your night. Um, but um, no, it's it's the weekend, so it's oh, chill. Yeah. However, I nice. feel the later it gets, the dumber I get. So sure. like, <laughs> I'm the same way. Like honestly, the, less, the same. I get more slap happy. I mm-hmm. get less coherent. I get um, I get silly. Mm-hmm. So I would hate to inflict that on your dear mm. listeners okay but, well yeah, I, th- go I for think it. you might be safe because you may have just described the last eight and a half years of podcasting that i've done <laughs> so <laughs> good to know so you're in a safe good space no um, gotcha but um so what i found interesting um well so the blaine lamano that whole thing is it is such a just batshit crazy thing element to it in an already batshit crazy series um but what i found interesting after like i haven't um, okay so uh, full disc well no i have read the hobbit i did read the hobbit um but i haven't read the lord of the rings or anything but i've seen the movies and everything so yeah when um when they get to blame the mono and he forces them under penalty of death or before they're going to die or whatever to tell him riddles and everything. Did you make a connection to, is it in the Hobbit that Bilbo, like when he encounters, um, uh, Gollum, he, does he, does he tell him (gasps) riddles? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, he does. So you are so right. I missed that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Like when, when I saw, cause when I saw the, first hobbit movie or something which the hobbit movies are not good i'm i'm sour on that because i love uh love the lord of the rings lord of the rings movies but like when that scene happened i was like oh oh that's where king got that okay okay (laughs) it's another example of king kind of riffing on something Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. We could definitely do the the Gollum riddle session, which mm-hmm. was very creepy. They were yeah. in, I don't remember which dwarven mine it was or mount, mount, mountain, not mine. But um, the other thing, right as you were saying that, it made mm-hmm. me think of, do you know the fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin? Um, not really, actually. Like, I know it, I know, like, the kind of pop culture references to it, but I, I'm not too familiar with it. It's a really fun little story. It's mm-hmm. a dark little fairy tale. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because the whole sort of, he's a little monster. He's kind of like an evil gnome. And he makes a deal with a very desperate girl in the story um, who is down on her luck and she promises her firstborn child if he will save her from being killed and, or, like, provide a uh, more beneficial situation for her. And so, of course, he comes the to uh, seeking payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he asks, he's like, the only way you can undo this deal is if you guess my name. And so oh. she sends all these people far and wide throughout the villages to try and find his name. And so it's all about, like, guessing. And trying to figure out and unscramble the riddle. And so 
he thankfully he gives her a lot of chances and so she's like listing off all these names she's like charlie brady like you know buckethead (laughs) pimple face like whatever Mm -hmm. she'll just whatever name she could find and he's like nope 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 and so i kind of got a little bit of like that dark fairy tale Mm -hmm. um lore where you get the pleading with the, the mind games of the monster we'll call it yeah uh, like the the puzzle nature of the monster where the monster just wants he he's he feels fully in his power and he's mm-hmm. gonna destroy you like Gollum fully intended to to kill Bilbo he was yeah. playing with his food that's what that whole thing was because uh, yeah. he knew that he couldn't be outsmarted he just knew he couldn't um and he kind of wasn't. He, I mean, he guessed the riddles, but he ended up escaping by putting the ring on and going invisible. Mm-hmm. And that's how he squeaked out of that. So, yeah. um, I, I, yeah, I think we have like the the puzzle, the 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 mad, the sort of um, mind games of the monster. Nice. Uh, but Rumpelstiltskin is like one of the coolest dark little fairy tales, and I won't spoil it for you, but mm-hmm. it's it's hella good. Nice, um, as you can imagine, they. Yeah, they uh, they do guess his name, and ah. uh, yeah, it's really cool. So I thought of that because Blaine the Mono mm-hmm. is playing with his food quite a bit yes. with the uh, with the cotet on board, and that is oh, one yeah. of the creepy coolest. Oh man, that was awesome. Yeah, and uh, I started to freak out as the pages started to get smaller and smaller, <laughs> yes. and rightly so. <laughs> rightly so. That was a terrible feeling. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was a oh, terrible yeah. feeling. <laughs> absolutely Um, yeah but i think super great accurate comparison to bilbo and Gollum, who scares me very much awesome yeah um (laughs) (laughs) okay so to kind of wind down do you have any like other thoughts or any theories about the series going forward um what do you want to see happen in the dark tower series and i will not react (laughs) This is an amazing question. Well, what I want to happen (laughs) is I want Eddie and Susanna to have a nice big wedding and I want Roland to find a nice lady and everybody get married and have happy ever ever after. That's what I want. Am Mm -hmm. I going to get that? No. (laughs) Um, We're going to have bloodshed and God knows what else um, because I I think my – what I believe will happen is – Roland for me is kind of a creature of fate it seems he mm-hmm. is tied to the tower whatever this immense universe holding entity is and he's just obsessed and he has tunnel vision and it's never going to allow him at least my hypothesis is it's just never going to allow him to ever turn his back on it and he can never fully open up to those he loves even though he loves them deeply. I mean, he's a tragic character, man. Mm-hmm. This kid is, he's absolutely ruled by fate. His fate is tied to the tower. And it makes me sad because I think everybody in the quartet, I just foresee doom for all of them, which I hope I'm wrong. I hope mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I just foresee that everybody who loves Roland it's going to be like Roland is the rock they're all going to break themselves against. Like they're just going to die for him and he won't die for them because he has to get to the tower. And, and it's sad because what I know, I noticed this abundantly in, in the wastelands with this 
storyline because he loves there's this amazing like father-son bond there right it's Mm -hmm. precious and beautiful and like he's holding jake and he's hugging him and they're like never again like don't leave me don't draw Mm -hmm. me all those things and he's like i won't and then king in the next breath in the next second is like but (laughs) (laughs) uh there's just like this guy is just um do you remember in inception Mm -hmm. when in uh leo dicaprio uh his character i forget his name and with his wife spoiler Mm -hmm. alert yeah um he spins the top and he does that to her like he wants to see if inception works and he spins the top Mm -hmm. and kind of ruins her forever i feel like that's roland that is is such a good comparison of our our nolan tale yes um Roland's t- Roland's top is forever spinning, and he's never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever gonna let it go. It's just not. It's his. It's his fate to never let it go. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that's heartbreaking because I mm-hmm. have that knowledge now in book yeah. three, and we got a long road to go. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I mm-hmm. hope that like something develops and like that t- spinning top gets stopped or knocked mm-hmm. out of its orbit. That would be great. Um. I hope that Susanna's baby's okay, and I hope it's not a monster because <laughs> right. she got raped by the Crimson King. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming. Don't know. Don't know for sure. Hypothesis. I think it was the Crimson King who like sight like invisible ice rape. Um, so I, I'm hoping that that little fetus wasn't warped. Uh, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I, I'm very concerned about, um, yep. <laughs> I'm hoping Jake, I hope we get to see Jake grow up. I think mm. that'd be cool. Maybe, um, if yes. we get to see good things for him. Maybe he'll get some powers. <laughs> Maybe he'll, <laughs> he'll get some powers to help him because I was really sad for him. He mm-hmm. got hurt a lot with um, uh, Gasher, who was like yeah. preying upon him and hurting him. Just and that was heartbreaking horrifying. to read. Horrifying. Yeah. Hated that. Oh, hated yeah. that. I always hate when like King Youth gets mm-hmm. gets physically abused. I mean, all abuse, like emotional, oh, yeah. psychological, sexual. I hate it all. But like, there's something especially terrible when it's like someone you love and treasure, like young Jake. Mm-hmm. So that was awful. So I really want oh, yeah. Jake to get like some voodoo wizardry to protect himself <laughs> um, from being harmed. Like he needs somebody get him. Somebody teach him how to shoot so he could like start capping people out there and protect himself because (laughs) he needs that i'm i'm worried about him Mm -hmm. him and oi oi got really hurt too and damn it don't hurt oi i I will kill you don't hurt him (laughs) so much like i do too it's so man yeah it's just it's i don't know i'm just so happy that king included like billy bumblers into like this world like it's just such a yes adorable concept and the bond that forms between him and jake is just so beautiful and lovely i love it we needed some preciousness for sure i am obsessed with oi i love him so much and he was getting hurt in Mm -hmm. that uh tiktok battle with or the tiktok man and the Mm -hmm. grays they were hurting him i was freaking out i was not about it so i'm hoping that uh jake gets some either he gets some uh some 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 shooters he gets some Mm -hmm. guns or (laughs) um or he learns some some magic real quick here and like or gets a jawbone and like beats people's face in with it 
it. <laughs> I would like that. I'd be nice. I'd be okay with that as well. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. But I am really nice. looking forward to romance in this next uh, next section. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to find out more about my hypothesis of Randall Flag equals Man in Black? Question mark. Don't mm-hmm. know. Um, gosh, yeah, I think that's all I have for right now. I am nice. especially greedier than this. So when I go to sleep at night, I'll be thinking of more <laughs> things I want. But, of course. Um, overall, yeah, I definitely um, want Susanna and Eddie to have a healthy baby and mm-hmm. live happily ever after. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, because King never lets us have joy for long. So <laughs> we never get happiness for long. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know if that's a, am I close in anything or is it just like. There, there are know. some, some aspects of the things that you've said have me just all the more excited for you to continue reading. I'll say that because Yay! it's okay. such a. It's such a good series. I love it so much. It's like my my and Tiny's like favorite property, IP, what what have you. It's our favorite piece of art, basically. <laughs> and it's something that I I cherish so much. So yeah. So it's one of the reasons why it's such a joy to watch you or listen to you discover it and everything. It's just it's Yay! it's a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I'm so glad. I didn't think I would like it as much mm. as I do. I did not nice. think, especially because, like, yeah, it, it took a minute because Gunslinger, I was looking mm-hmm. at it like a teacher. I was like, yeah. all right, let's analyze this. Let's do the homework. Let's do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm getting warmed up. And then drawing of the three, a little warmer, a little mm-hmm. warmer, still crazy. Okay. And then Wastelands, I'm like, Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I'm yep. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> nice. I am um I I am one of you. I am nice. one of you. <laughs> nice. So, well, welcome I'm, to the club. I'm in love. I, <laughs> yay! Yeah. Yay, cool. So <laughs> I didn't think I would love it as much as I do. Nice. And now I'm like although I'm confused a lot still, I'm I'm hoping to Oh, yeah. That's the last thing. Um, Mm -hmm. North Central Positronics. I don't know what that is at all. I got nothing. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) That's a a (laughs) name. It'll pop up. I think that there's a little more context and everything, but it's more just texture to Midworld and and the world that moved on and everything. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. That and Lemurk Industries, which is one of the reasons why... I I like we and we talked a lot about Mike Flanagan before <laughs> check out yeah. our obsessive viewer episode that you were on uh for Midnight Mass but the like in Doctor Sleep like he has a little sign in in the um in the place where where the bat boy is murdered um or the baseball boy and like there's a oh, sign yeah. that just says Lamerc Industries and I'm like <gasps> yeah holy fudge really yep. Yep. Oh my god. And then the the Dude. bus, yeah. The bus that drops um Dan off in oh what whatever the place is that he goes to. Um the Oh yeah, it's like New New Hampshire. It's New Hampshire. I just don't yeah. remember the town. Yeah. But uh but the bus is Tet Transportation. <laughs> <gasps> it's just it's a delight oh my god I, it is everywhere yeah. it is everywhere man yeah yep. oh my gosh yeah so my dream is that my phone gets to adapt it that would be yeah. just amazing 
Yeah. That's the only way it's ever going to work. Oh, I yeah. Think. Like, oh, yeah. We're just going to have to to force him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This yeah. was amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me on, on Tower Junkies. I love oh, it yeah. here. I don't oh, want to yeah. leave. I love nice. it here. Yeah. Well, you are welcome anytime. And for the listeners, would you mind telling us where we can find you online? And if you have anything on the horizon for the year of underrated Stephen King and when you plan on reading Wizarding Glass. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, so we are the year of underrated Stephen King. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, all the podcast places you can find us. Um, we have just kicked off the year. Um, I'm going to go on holiday here mm-hmm. and start my first King title of 2022. I haven't decided on what it's going to be yet. I think it's going to be Skeleton Crew, but nice. it might be from a Buick 8. Unsure. Mm-hmm. So I haven't decided still mulling that around, but this year we're just going to continue keep, you know, we're going to keep that Blaine monorail going at a <laughs> leisurely pace. Um, we're going to analyze more uh, overlooked and underrated King works, and we are going to make some more friends, hopefully do some more constant reader interviews. I would love to interview tiny if he's interested yes. i would love to chat with him yes that would be amazing he's a good egg so oh, yeah i'd like to I'll, I'll be emailing him a little bit later down the road awesome so i love making some king friends i love i feel like the, the with the concert reader interviews i'm like james lipton inside the actor's <laughs> studio <laughs> that's like yes. how I feel. <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling that's why i love oh, doing yeah. them oh um, yeah so They're always i'm gonna, fun I'm gonna to listen to. So I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy them. So um, more King titles. We're going to probably do Wizard and Glass. I want to mm-hmm. say let's strive for spring, maybe mm-hmm. March, maybe okay. March, maybe April. So nice. we'll, 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 we'll get ourselves warmed up. However, it depends on like. If if I get a dud in there and I need to get back to Roland yeah. stat like ASAP, I might bump it up. It might be like sooner than that. So nice. we'll, we'll see, but it might be spring. Mm-hmm. More short stories. Um, got to continue on the King journey. So we're just gonna keep oh, on yeah. keeping on. And I'm uh open to chatting more uh, King television. I I'm nice. hoping to see what's out there. Uh, some King TV. I don't know if there's any new um, up miniseries or films coming out. I know that obsessive viewer uh, might yeah. be able to tell me. So you'll have to let me know if there's um, something to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, but other than <laughs> that, we're going to keep on keeping on. So anybody out there can uh, reach us on Twitter and on Instagram at underrated SK pod. Please say hi. But you, the, the fastest way to get my attention is underrated SK at Gmail, the old fashioned way. Just send me an email and say hi. You can give book suggestions and, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's all I got. So I'm excited for 2022. Awesome. Well, happy new year. And thank you so much for happy coming new on. Year. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what you do in 2022. And, uh, and yeah, and it's always a pleasure to have you on and we'll definitely be having you on at other points throughout the year. I'm sure. <laughs> So uh, be yeah, prepared for me we, to We got to read Joyland. Yes. yes we're going to do Colorado Joyland. Kid. We're going to do, yeah, I'm going to yeah. bust down your door. That's how much yes. I want to talk about those books with I you. I have not forgotten yeah, about borderline that. Borderline harassment. Yes. <laughs> I, it's going to be is harassment 100% level. 100% on the docket. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah. Um, all right. I'm well, excited. And yeah. Me too. Thank you yeah. so very much for having me on. Likewise, it is mm-hmm. so nice chatting with you, and I'm excited for everything you're going to do with short stories. Oh. Holy hell, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited for this year, and I'm very excited for the inevitable burnout that I'll feel in a few months, and then uh, <laughs> I have to work to reinvigorate myself. It'll be a good but burn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be a good burn for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Yes. You are very welcome. And thank you again. And that will do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. I don't I think next time we're going to do we're going to finish out Tiny and I are going to finish out our different seasons uh, uh, series. So look forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was really funny. And this will be brief and then we'll go. But <laughs> it was really funny because my friend Mike, who is uh, one of like my other co-hosts on Obsessive Viewer that's uh, on sabbatical. But anyway, he's been reading The Stand and like he's he's a Stephen King fan. Um, and uh, he, although him reading The Stand doesn't have anything to do with this. But anyway, he texted me and <laughs> he, he was like, just if, just hypothetically, if I were to... If I were to teach, because he's a teacher, uh, sophomore English in high school. and Oh, that martyr. Bless yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, if I were to teach a story from different seasons, what would be the best <laughs> one? And I was like, oh, I'm just excited because he's texting me about he's Stephen King. He's only got yeah. two choices. He's yeah. only got two. That's the thing. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, well... Okay, the breathing method wouldn't work. Um, no. Uh, apt pupil would not be good. <laughs> unless, never. Yes. In all caps. Never. Unless it's the Ever. Uh, last story he wants to teach in his teaching career. Um, yeah, unless you want to teach in prison. Yeah. yeah that would be a good yeah. one for your local inmates. Yeah. And then I thought, <laughs> well, if you want like good storytelling and everything, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Then I was like, well... Yeah. Uh, there's probably like there's some prison rapey stuff in it and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, you know, the body would probably work the body. best. Yeah, so it will work best. Yeah, so hopefully he does something like that. But uh, hopefully he vets it first. <laughs> totally. Yeah, he yeah. might he might need some permission slips. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just a couple. Yeah. But- all right. Well, yeah. Let me know what yeah. goes down with that. I'm oh. invested now. <laughs> will will do. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, check out Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Have a ton of stuff up there. January is all about night shift for the $2 Patreon levels. And then also scream commentaries for the $5 levels and a bunch of other just fun stuff there. So check that out. Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. And long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I always forget that. So, <laughs> all right. And Ditto. And yeah. Bye. <laughs> and now, here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. So, yes, and I stand by that wholeheartedly. I'm definitely going to be rewatching this before uh before we record our year in review episode specifically because 
it is a five-star movie for me, and I want to kind of double-check and make sure that that's the case. I need to rewatch this and Mass because then I and then I have a bunch of other movies I want to rewatch to kind of really figure out exactly where they're going to land on my top ten list. But Come On, Come On was just stunning. It was a stunning movie. Um, it is shot in black and white, which is kind of trendy these days, I guess. Um, this is not the first. This is not. This is not the only black and white movie I'm going to make. This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at ObsessiveViewer.com/podcasts for exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes. You can subscribe to our Patreon at patreoncom obsessive Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.